We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And this week is no exception. Again, we're back. I'm still amazed that we're, we're here again. After two plus months of not recording episodes, we're here, we're recording our, I think it's technically our fifth, <laughs> actually technically our 10th, but technically the fifth episode of at covering an episode of the TWD universe, basically. Yes. And Dave, I feel like I just don't see enough of you. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's like I'm living in your house. <laughs> right? Uh, and yes, and I'm Dave. David Cameo. And you're joined by Cosmo09, Rachel Burt, who hey. I live in her house. And also <laughs> sh on voice, Sharon D, Blazy Gardner. Hey. Woo. Hey. <laughs> It's working. It's working. Okay. I um, mean, we're here actually to talk about Fear the Walking Dead's second episode of season six called Welcome to the Club. So usually we give the new bird, the new birds, uh, the first impressions. And I think I'm going to give the honor to Sharon D to see what she thinks overall of the episode is. And then <clears throat> we'll just fly around from there. Um, well, uh, Strand and Alicia are not my favorite characters. But otherwise, I mean, it was okay. I have a lot of little nitpicky things and nitpicky things about it. Um, but on the whole, it was it was good. It had a couple of oh oh moments, and um, I I liked it for the most part. Like I said, there were a few things I didn't really like. Um, a few things that issue most for the most part. I really enjoyed it. As we go through the episode, it will definitely hit those notes. Like, yeah, overall a great episode. And I think from many points of view, uh, as I am monitoring Reddit. I'm very interested to see the reaction of the Ericksonites. As some some of you may or may not know, there are devotees of uh, Dave Erickson who helmed seasons one through three, who was not canned necessarily, but I, I it, it's my belief that he was let go because of some of the lawsuits that were incurred on AMC slash David Alpert. Back when we, we actually reported this, like I think two years ago, um, but the reason why they had to change things around is because of the boat episode, which they stole from a comic book that both that David Alpert was actually helping to publish. So he took the, he, it, it is alleged that he took that idea and brought it to fear mm -hmm. and stole other key elements from that comic book to the series. And so that's, that's partially why they, they had to kind of part ways with Erickson. But I think there is also the reason that Gim Gimple saw this as an opportunity. Gimple and, and all these other producers saw this as an opportunity to join, further join the universe in some ways, which brought Morgan to the series, which made it more coincide with the larger universe, how everything is starting to tie in together. Um, so there's that reason too, you know, brought on Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss and all that. So, but there in Reddit, there are these devotees of Erickson, which I call Ericksonites and, you know, their hate knows no bounds constantly for two years. They're like, if, if it was the legend of Zelda, they were like, they're like the Ganons, just constant hate of four, seasons four and five. I just want to remind everybody that I don't necessarily blame people for feeling the way they do, but I think after a while, it's just kind of counterproductive or whatever, or I don't know, maybe it's a place, their safe space. <laughs> I don't know. But either way, um, the reaction so far is mixed, which is the like honestly the best you could hope for with this with the Fear of the Walking Dead subreddit. And um I'm finding people that had pointed criticism of the Fear of the Walking Dead suddenly go, 
I'm now two episodes in and I'm really liking what I'm seeing, especially like considering this, this episode that we're going to discuss right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I'm taking this guy, this guy who has, I would mention him by name, but I'm just really shocked at his, his, um, I think I'm assuming it's a him cause it's Chris is in his name. Um, his criticism is, his, uh, criticism is pretty much vanished. And from this episode, you could kind of tell why, cause there is a revival of let's say it out loud, old Strand, and even in some respects, old Daniel. One of the coolest things that we said we would, we thought we would see, and we are kind of seeing it here and there and more and more as the season goes on, is the horror element. You know, we didn't start out straight away with the guys in the masks, but we did see, like, in the, from the first episode, there was that beginning spooky version of the season four opener with John and, and Morgan, now with Emil and Walter. But now we have another element, which I noted, like, all these different elements in this beginning scene. The, the slime on the floor, the guy stepping on the slime on the floor, like, wait, what's that? And um, mentioning... That, that was so cool. I loved that scene when the doors were coming up and the goo was just like, oh, it was like a wall of goo. It was so cool. Right? And it's like almost Ghostbusters-esque, you know? Yes! Like, right? <laughs> but no, but even, even before that, if you caught it, just before they opened up the doors, Jeb, Jeb was his name. You know, he's doing this little pacing with the R, with the rifle. Now you guys, <laughs> you, sh- you should be in the grave. Like another horror element. Like it's dark, it's misty, it's weird. It's the lights. They, they're kind of like almost gas lights. Um, and, you know, but just before that, he, he steps in this like, like clear slime and you're like what <laughs> i are we, are we dealing with ghosts <laughs> right huge loogie <laughs> so what is that stuff yeah exactly trying to figure out what it was and um mm-hmm. all right you're like okay okay let's move on okay sure <laughs> oh and yeah and the guy mentions oh yeah we've thrown a lot of corpses to do it you know so basically you know you're not the first people um sanjay's hands shaking as he holds the pipe and you're like Whoa, this guy is making me feel nervous. I don't know if I said it out loud while we were watching the episode, but as soon as I saw how scared he was, I don't know if I said it out loud. I think, I don't know if I did. In my head, I went, he's going to be the only one to survive. (laughs) That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, dead man, tell no tale sort of thing. Tell tell him he saw him. He seemed like he'd be the only one to stay far enough away because he was afraid. And that's exactly what happened. Good call. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and yeah, and until he ran over there at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You saw what happened. They opened the doors, the door got stuck, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody dies, including Jeb. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, you know, obviously he's the last man standing. Asanje's the last man standing. And, uh, you know, even to the point where, like, you know, Jeb suddenly appears under the door and he's like, ah, help me, help me. He's like, he actually says, kill me, by yeah. the way. He yeah. says, kill me. So he couldn't do it. He couldn't, like, kill any of these things. But he, and he won't mercy kill. So he had like two opportunities to do it. Like one of his compatriots, all these people in the lineup, she was getting caught. She actually emerged from, she goes, ah! and then, and then Jeb mercy kills her. Sanjay yep. wouldn't even do the courtesy of doing that to, for Jeb. It's like, I don't know if I would have either, but still. I don't know that he was thinking that clearly. I mean, he just looked petrified. I yeah. mean, absolutely terrified, wanted to get the hell out of there. Obviously, the end of that shot, right before it goes into the title sequence, you see, like, the blood mixing with the, the molasses just under the door, even as it's closed, just spills out, you know, mm-hmm. into, onto the loading dock. And I thought that was perfect. Like, we really are dialing into something that we don't, 
we don't really see gratuitously like in its for its own right like the kind of horror elements that we you know because it's because the walking dead really isn't a i mean you could say it's it's horror right zombies etc all that stuff definitely and yet there is something to like okay but it's not really it's not horror for the sake of horror it's not schlock it's not uh, Grindhouse, you know, it's not like a lot of jump scare stuff. Like this, th- that scene to me really felt like a like a spooky house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a haunted house. The owner made me think of Jurassic at the beginning of Jurassic <laughs> Park, the original movie, when they're trying to um, when they have the and jerking the men underneath the doors. Yes, and and they even wear hats like the um, Jurassic Park ranger wears the I can't remember his name. Uh, but the I ranger he's got with a hat with a thing curled the the brim curled up on the side, nope. like the outback hats. I yeah. can picture the guy, the specific guy you're thinking yeah, of, yeah, <laughs> in the khaki outfit. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I can't think of his name right off, but that was the first thing I thought of. They started pulling him under the door. Classic Park. Perfect. So it makes a little bit more than just like the classic horror genre. Well, and it was scary to watch them like fall and then be pulled under the doors. Yeah. Like, like, would that even do you think that would even really happen? Or wouldn't the walkers just sort of drop and start eating right there? Why yeah. would they pull them in? You know what I mean? That it made it extra scary. Uh, I'll allow it. I will allow it. I will, <laughs> I will too, because it was extra scary and I loved it. But come on. You could really? definitely you could definitely pick a bone with that, but still yeah. I mean, but you know, that's, that's been the thing. Like they're always straddling, straddling this line between like, you know, it's, it doesn't fit with what we know of, let's say the walking dead or fear of the walking dead universe. Like if you would have shown that scene to a season one or two viewer of fear of the walking dead, they'd be like, Oh, what the fuck is this? Right. Cause it's a little bit more gritty, more realistic ish, you know? Realistic. Right. But it's more within the boundaries of what we would normally know. But like, and maybe they went a little too far in season five, let's say. It's a little too far in some respects, like with some things. As long as they don't go as far as Z Nation, I'm good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That's that's called, like, every episode is jumping the shark. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Somehow they made it work, and we kept watching. It's because they did it every episode. It's like, oh, this is what we've come to expect. Now it's a shtick. Yeah. yeah. It's like, if we don't do it, what will they think? And I think they realized that when they had their identity crisis. I think they constantly had an identity crisis. By yeah. the time, like, the last two seasons, two seasons came out, it's like, it's, it's almost as if they, they figured out the right amount of seriousness and the right amount of schlock, you know? And so, which I'll give them. I'll give them that, you know? It's like, okay, <laughs> we've gotten this far. <laughs> You've got me. I'll listen no. to the rest of this shit. I mean, I, I did watch the rest of it, but I... I rolled my eyes at blonde Roberta. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Or platinum white haired Roberta. Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. yeah. But after that, it's just fun. Like, it's like, by the way, it's like, <laughs> just not to sidetrack, but blonde haired or platinum blonde haired Roberta was kind of like seeing somebody have a booger on their face for the entire season or whatever it's going to be. Or I think till the end. And it's just like, I don't have anything on my face, do I? Right, because there was nothing to it. Nobody really regarded it as it was like a mentioned in passing, but nobody really acknowledged it as much. Oh, it's like there's nothing in my teeth. Yeah, there's nothing yep. in my teeth. And I'm like, oh, this is so we're just gonna okay. No one's gonna question it. Okay, alrighty All right. then. Yeah, that's where we are, I guess. 
<laughs> this is where we're going to be. Let's talk about the, the title sequence because it is different and it is focusing on single characters so far as we've seen. Um, but I also want to note, note another difference. So for, and first of all, different colors to represent different people, seems like. But also the music is a little different. I don't know if you noticed that. There's a little tweak to the music. I noted it in... Yeah, I noted it in the first episode that it was... It I was, did notice it. It was definitely different than the prior seasons. But this, they're uniquely gearing... So they're kind of changing the music as well, too. Just slightly. Even per episode? Yeah. Is that what you mean? So far, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I was not listening closely enough, I guess. So I, I like that tweak. It's simple, but also cool. Like, it's not, that, it's not like they're trying to do too much. Like you said, why work so hard, you know? Yeah. The silhouettes are simple... You know, the color scheme is simple. Well, so far, the, the silhouettes that we have seen, and again, it's only been two episodes, so who knows, but the two silhouettes we have seen, these characters have gone through major transformations. I wonder if they'll continue, you know, let's say, for example, well, we know Al and, <clears throat> Al and Dwight are in the next one. If, if Al is, is our silhouette, will we see her go through some major character change? Yeah, Al, well, Al and Dwight, right? So mm -hmm. will they both feature? Will only one? I mean, right. this series seems to deal with both mirror images and, you know, either reversions or transformations. Mm -hmm. Well, Alicia wasn't in, in this, in the title card either. This mm. was more, uh, I felt by the end of it, it was more focused about on Strand's transformation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Alicia's just along for the ride, being herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, which, also, which also makes me kind of worried, if you think about it. That she's not changing? Mm -hmm. Well, not yet. Maybe she. Maybe maybe it happens a little down the road for her. She may be a later episode. I mean, mm -hmm. look, sixteen episodes, sixteen people, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> we can have a, a rabbi-focused episode, maybe. Maybe maybe we'll see like the first eight characters transform, and then the back half will be those same eight doing another transformation back. Mm, that's cool. Or I mean, maybe they might, and maybe some of those people will mm. be, will be somebody like Virginia. See what happens during her Ooh. day. Right. Ooh, I, yeah. I, I know Sharon, you might have beef with that. Maybe. Uh -huh. <laughs> the beef is strand that I do Virginia right now. <laughs> well, yes, let's, let's move on with that. Uh, oh, strands always sat right on the same spot for me. I mean, I've always said, you know, Strand is good to have on your side if he's on your side, right. but Strand is always on His Strand's side. side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, that constant struggle. I mean, I, I, I hope you know, that, that what's funny about also the silhouette, I just wanted to come back to that, is that it's still Strand holding that bucket of shit. Right. <laughs> I just, on second watch, you notice how ridiculous I noticed is. that too. I didn't until the second watch because the first time I'm like, "What is he holding?" And then I and then I realized, yeah, right. And the, and the little cattle ramp in the background too, with the walkers pouring out of it. Yeah. Things to look out for. Things to look out for. You know, it goes by so quick. I'm not that fast. I have to like pause it and stare at everything. Yeah, but you you know, I just took notes just before we got on here. So. Right, it's fresh. Yeah, could have been on here earlier, but no, Dave had to look at that title sequence three times. Um, it wasn't just you. Let's be honest here. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 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 We got these, we got this little look-see into the, uh, last week's at some point uh, with Strand and Alicia outside of Lawton, eyeballing it from afar, being like, yes, yes, you know, one day we'll get inside. And, and, um, the promised land. Yeah, the promised <laughs> land of Lawton. And like the, the idea, there's something about how this Ranger Marcus and Strand are interacting. And it's like, we're like, 
we missed Strand being Strand in a weird way. It's almost as if the show is saying, here you go. I know you've been missing this little bit of Strand that he didn't get to be for a little while. Oh, here's a, here's a, here's a little bit, here's a little taste. But once he, <laughs> once they give you a little taste, you got to accept the whole pie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you get that little interaction. People were excited um, when they saw this last week. And it's like, be careful what you wish for. When you saw this scene, he's like, it's your shit. And he just tosses the, by the way, pretty fake poops. I've seen lots of poops in my day. <laughs> These things look like packing peanuts have been spray painted on and like glossy painted, you know? I, this is me having an issue with poops, like fake yeah. poops. <laughs> I thought they looked like fingers. They look like fingers. <laughs> shit fingers. Shit fingers. Yeah, I, they just look like, <laughs> they look like, they look like lacquered on Mr. Peanut dolls with the arms and legs torn off. It's like cartoony almost. <laughs> Dunked in water. Whatever. Beef aside, <laughs> the interaction itself was kind of like, yeah, fuck this shit, Strand. You get some in there. <laughs> Look, you, you, me, and the wall and Charity, like we, we liked season four and season five for the most part. We got a little of, of shady Strand in, the, in season four. We didn't get as much of it in season five. And so when season six comes around, there's an adversary. Like, now we're actually, you know, it would be shitty of them to not bring out that shady, you know, challenging the authority strand that we mm-hmm. knew from the beginning. I thought it was strange that um, Mar- uh, one of Marcus's lines to Strand, uh, you know, he's giving him shit and everything he's come out. And he says, are, um, are you denying a direct order from a ranger or something like that? Or are you refusing an order from a ranger? Right. And then he gets out and he says, "Do you?" Marcus says to Strand, do you think I'm afraid of you? Mm-hmm. Like, that to me was odd like why would he i don't know that doesn't sound like a very authoritative thing to say well even further like why why didn't he just murk him then and there right yeah part of you is thinking right part yeah another part of you is like strand must feel a little confident to be able to talk to them this way that he won't get killed right right oh right because of (sighs) what the deal like is it foreshad was it foreshadowing i I you know what you wouldn't it wouldn't even occur to you until you watch the end of the episode and then when you go back see even me right now there is a reason to be afraid of strand and we see it later by the way i do like what you i do like that you asked the question because i wasn't going to but like you could tell yeah because of the deal and it makes more and more sense as you watch the episode several times because (laughs) because because of this deal you wouldn't have that if it wasn't for me he says you think Mm -hmm. i'm afraid of you he said, he also says, do you think you're better than me also? It's like, because, oh, I miss, okay. because you were able to provide this SWAT fan of which Alicia does not know. And because of you finding your way to get whatever you want from this deal, meaning or meaning to be with Alicia. Yeah, she does know that, doesn't she? Because she she comments when they're in the SWATI, she says she would have gotten the starter anyway. Right, right, right. But what she didn't know was, you know, part of what he negotiated was to be with Alicia in spite of right. the split up. Right. You know? She knew he was responsible for them having the swatty. Yeah. Yeah. That she, she like we would she would have found it. Everybody was aware of that from season five. That like mm-hmm. Daniel called him out on that as they were as he was departing from it. He said, Don't forget don't forget who you are. Who you are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what she didn't know was part of that deal was, you know, to be with Alicia in the end. But th- even that's almost secondary until we go further on and find out why Alicia says we should, why Alicia's like, Why? Why did you even you could have not given her and, and used some other bargaining chip. You could have done something else. And why me? But going back to this question, right? Like, it, it is pretty cool to see how, you know, even these rangers know what's going on. What's up? Like, that Virginia does 
like Alicia doesn't know it, but but Virginia and her Rangers know that you know this guy is off limits, you know, because he gave us the SWAT van, you know. So even Dakota knows it too, and, and she she's the one who reveals it in the end. By the right. way, right, right. So I like that. There's something to that. Like I thought they could have done a little bit of a better job of Marcus maybe giving him like some weird looks, like some like you think you're better than me, like that kind of like. I don't know. Not meeting his eye. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Not meeting his eye, sort of like, you know, not being angry, like some angry redneck, but being like <laughs> some sort of like, fuck this. You think you're better than me? Like, you know, like having like a bit of a hesitation. They sort of did yeah. it, but it sort of didn't pan out. I don't know. Yeah, you, you can nitpick on these things a little bit, but like, oh, yeah. whatever. And I've done this before. I'm not new to it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and if they would have done that maybe too strong, it would have tipped their hand a little bit, and you would have probably figured it, you know, out the importance of it anyway. And then at that point, who cares? We lost Sharon D. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I figured. So, <laughs> yes, poop. Let's talk about poop a little bit. Uh, I, I like the opening shot of, of the camera looking up from underneath the shit pit <laughs> and, and Strand pouring the viscous, viscous brown liquid into, into the camera, essentially. And I just, I love the sound that it made as it was doing that. It's like, as long as I don't smell it, I'm fine with it. <laughs> but, but like, again, gross. I mean, post-horror poop, you know, <laughs> like a little cool down period where you can laugh a little bit. So, so I'm wondering what's, what's going on that they need to burn their shit. Like, I was going to ask that and I said, ah, maybe I'll just skip it. But now that you brought it up, I'm like, I, why like, wouldn't they use it for fertilizer? Or, yeah, I mean, first of all, it could have other uses. And, like, why do you need to burn it or get rid of it at all? Like, outhouses were a thing forever. Like, right. <laughs> right. why do you need to burn it? Yeah, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, <laughs> and I'm trying to think of anything in this episode that might tell me why, and I can't. Well, maybe things are so great in their other communities, they, ah, fuck it, we'll just throw it out. We'll chuck it, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe it's just, maybe it's a hazing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe they just do it to say, fuck it. Fuck you and fuck yeah. your shit. And just, we got your MRAP. Go fuck yourself. You'll never get into Lawton. Oh, you know what? I just remembered. Okay. They were actually on latrine duty. So they that was that was probably the muck from the outhouses. Maybe yeah. the outhouses yeah. got full. Okay. But even then, so right? Dig, dig a deeper hole. <laughs> <laughs> dig a deeper. But even then, like, okay. Chamber pots. What? Oh. Yeah. Like, why? But then why would you waste it? Like, why? why wouldn't you... Use it, Use yeah. It, right. This I don't. Is is human feces? Uh, d does it work the same as like horse manure? Yeah. I mean, compost toilets. I mean, look, a human dot. We don't eat grass <laughs> and wheats and oats. <laughs> That's true. We eat shit. Yeah, and you know, Charity Bright brings that up. Like Iron Man feces is not good for fertilizer because we eat meat or human. She meant human, <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. I, I like Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man. <laughs> Tony Stark's feces is not good for fertilizer. No, and and that's that's partially true, but. My counterpoint to this is actually the fact that these people must be eating like more whole grains and, you know, I mean, like canned ravioli and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think they're eating that shit anymore. I think they're eating like cattle and, and, you know, all this other stuff too. Cause the cattle are eating well too. You know, they're eating whole grains, corn, whatever it's going to be. I don't know. We're not eating the junk that we, we used to eat pre apocalypse. So it could be salvageable. I don't know. I just don't know that human feces could be used as manure. I don't think it would have the same nu nutrients as horse manure horse. or or other 
I don't know. Do they use cow manure? That yeah. right? Cow patties, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Use for fuel I think they're too. By the way, I think they're however their pot their body makes poop. It's <laughs> good for stuff, but our poop is just waste. Right. Because they're well, they're like typically a monocrop, you know, eating species, like either grass or either corn or a mixture of or whatever. But mm -hmm. not much, not not much variation. But still, like I don't. But we would be the same in some senses. Okay, we take a little corn, little wheat, little vegetables, whatever it's going to be. It's not really even a bone to pick. It's just us going. Oh, we we stupid. We're just burning poop. We just want to talk about poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> poop all the time, all day, every day. There was something else <laughs> I wanted to mention, and it was just snuck in there really cleverly. Um, Alicia mentions that they had to finish up before it got dark because they had to get back to the rink. What was the one thing to that... The to the lanes, right? Yeah. The lanes, because I yeah. kept saying a wreck and a rink because <laughs> that guy was saying it in Virginia's tape. So basically one of the settlements was in a bowling alley. That's, yep. that's where they live mm -hmm. or used to live <laughs> so, until the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but it, good to note. Because and because these are places that they're bringing up throughout the episode, which we're familiar with if we've watched season five. Um, they mention Paradise Ridge at the end of the episode. This is yeah. the place where Tom and Janice were initially. So interesting, good to bring up. Who was the person that ended up saving Strand, sort of, from giving Marcus shit, <laughs> literally? Oh, oh, Dakota. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I want to note that. We'll plant a flag there, and we'll move on. Okay, so we're in Virginia's office, and this is this this is my favorite shot of the episode, uh, Sharon D. It's when they are told to sit down, and they're coming up behind the seats, and then they finally sit down, and it has this like perfectly framed shot of them in the shot with Virginia, and it just it frames the background uh, painting with her perfectly framed wide angle shot with all of them in it perfectly in a frame, and I just thought like this is this is a really like setting the stage of like okay what's going on here. Something's something's really weird. Okay, so you tried to find the painting for the the one that was in her office. Yeah, oh. I mean, mm. <laughs> I totally missed the painting. Was I, what 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 was the painting of? I I, I don't even remember. It wasn't even noteworthy oh. my, in my eyes. But it looked like a big tree in a church of. Oh my gosh, it's painting. It's a painting of the town before they flooded it. Oh, or the town that Morgan's in, or Lawton. Oh, how scary would that be if, if Virginia had a painting of the, the location place. of right now? Uh, <gasps> we'll call it Morgantown and with, Morgantown. Ba with baby Morgan and adult Morgan. Right? And everybody else, everybody on the show will be called Morganites. Everybody in the town. <laughs> it's a two Morgantown. Morgantown. Hello, yeah. you're welcome to Morgantown. I lose people, I lose myself. <laughs> you're, you're Morgan now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am Morgan, not Negan. Ooh. <laughs> I love how they kind of hold back from showing Daniel right away, but you kind of know who it is already because he's cutting the hair. We saw some of the previews. Hey, I have to say, as a cosmetologist, that is not how you cut bangs, and that entire scene bothered the shit out of me. Explain more. Okay, I'm done. That was. I'm just. Well, what was is, what was the incorrectness of it? At one point, he didn't even have like a comb to hold the hairs. He's just like chopping at her, and like the ugh, I don't know. That's just not how I cut bangs. <laughs> It bothered me. It bothered me so much. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there is a production photo of, of uh, I think, actually, Ruben Blades put it up himself of the hairstylist actually, like, holding, shadowing his hand, showing him how yeah. to do this. Because he's literally cutting her hair. Yeah. And, you know, she's... Is he? Because it didn't look like his scissors were close enough. That was another beef I had. Well, uh, like, a couple of strands. Like, <laughs> she said, okay, hold it right here. You'll be fine. Right. Okay. Uh, Colby? 
just stand still. Okay. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Don't breathe. Just don't right? do anything. Um, I love how her like her bangs were all jacked up, and I'm like, he's doing a shitty job. And then all of a sudden, she turns around, and they're perfect. And they're perfectly aligned, right? Exactly, because <laughs> yeah. they because they fixed it up. Whatever yeah. Ruben did wrong. <laughs> Um, I just I, I flip them over when she's got a nice little arch around her eyebrows so I gather the whole section up and I flip it over and then I cut straight across that way and then I would you know go in and get some details around the edges but this part should be good once one cut across the middle that's right. all you need it's the edges you unless gotta worry about right unless you're unless you're point cutting which he wasn't doing so right. here's the thing the idea of Alicia Strand and Daniel being in the same room planned would you agree? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think Virginia was um, testing, um, I don't, maybe testing Daniel, but more so probably testing the other two. Yeah. Trying to throw them off balance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Look what he's doing for me. Right. Were you convinced at all of Daniel's amnesia? Yeah. Cause I, I actually got really, really, I got a little emotional After, right when I, I didn't at first. And I felt the same way Strand felt when he was just like, dude, what's up and then like he and daniel shrunk away and that was my first like sort of like hesitation that was the only moment that i was like oh, and then but I, that was it that was the only waiver other than that i no, i i knew he was playing everybody right and charity mentioned something very important that i wanted to touch on which is mm. and to hurt them by showing them what happens when people rebel mm -hmm. sort of yes but even further she even says something to the point if it wasn't for the fact that he knew how to cut hair he'd be dead mm -hmm. you know because his memory loss is already, uh, let's say, disability, let's say. If he didn't know how to cut hair, it would have been curtains. Which doesn't really make sense, I don't think. Well, Virginia <laughs> Virginia takes out people who have no use to her. Right, but Daniel with no memory would be very useful, wouldn't he? I mean, you could teach him another job. He could um, fuck that shit. do whatever. Virginia doesn't care about that shit. Everybody has to have a purpose. <laughs> she doesn't have time for old men who don't know shit. So she doesn't want to train anybody. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you kind of see she that. She wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, like, or why bother sending poor Daniel to the shit camps, like the molasses factory, right? <laughs> shit camps. It's, I mean, technically, I mean, that's all you're right. doing. Shit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but as we discover in this episode, the people that are sent to the Tumbleweed Sugar Processing Facility, right? Which is... Did you get a name off that sign? Yeah, yeah. Tumbleweed Sugar Processing. I, I could not get... All I caught was sugar. There's a, all I could see was sugar. There's a better sign next to the garage door. The uh, the line that Daniel delivers, uh, I don't want any trouble. When Alicia addresses him and he says, I don't want any trouble. I love how he said it, too. He, I mean, he was... I felt like that he, that was, he was trying to communicate to Alicia without breaking his cover like you i don't think? i'm not well i'm not i'm not trying to start trouble i'm you know what i mean like i almost felt like he like in his mind he was trying to like beam some mental thoughts like shut up shut up shut up shut up <laughs> well no there's a there's a much more telling part i'm hoping what we need to remember about daniel this is first season shit um and second season and mostly those two daniel was like a gorilla you know he was he was not like a ooh, ooh, ooh. no he was a in 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 a war and uh, was it um uh El Salvador if I'm not mistaken so this guy cutting throats of of many people but his main thing was reconnaissance reconnaissance like slipping into the other side getting information being a part of them this is what he does this is what mm -hmm. he did it's important for people to remember that and like if you if you just jumped on board in season four and season five you would not know oh, you that would. at That's all. Right. And I, I made this assertion to somebody the other day, and I said, you have to remember one thing. Daniel 
is the most savage, savage human being. Ten times more savage than Rick in the walking, in the walking oh, yeah. Den universe. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I'm just picturing, oh, biting the clamor's throat out. Eh, this candy. This is like pansy shit. Daniel's been eating people's throats out for lunch, you know, decades ago. You know? <laughs> Daniel's like, been there, done that. Now, part of what he did was, like, he used to cut hair. And the reason why he cut hair was that was his M.O., it was his way of getting the ear of the person sitting in the chair, finding out what's wrong. Now, he's not doing that here, but people talk. And Dakota kind of points out that, you know, I'm in that house all the time. Daniel's probably in that house all the time. He confirms that. You know, he's lapping up the information that Virginia's dropping to oh, Morgan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, because he says, I knew that was you that mm -hmm. they were looking for. But mm -hmm. even more to the point was, um, and I'm just going to drop this now, I think Daniel is playing it super, super safe. Because even when he says, I don't know who you are, he does look around. He mm -hmm. makes sure nobody's listening. But even still, like, at the same time, he plays it straight, you know? He's like, I can't be too sure nobody's listening in. And maybe, maybe he wants them to believe it as well, because he really wants to go deep, like he used to back in the war, right? Well, I, I felt like he needed to convince his friends that he really did lose his memory um, to, to keep them safe as well. Yeah. I mean, if they thought he still remembered, then they would have even more to fight for, you know? Yeah. And Charity's even saying, yeah, like it, it might even be torture for information if you drop this cover. That's, Absolutely. I mean, this is like the thing that they emphasize over and over again is like the reason why we split people up initially is because if any of you tries to act out and tries to play like Shea Guevara, and I know I'm not saying that right, <laughs> like I'll murk out all your friends, you know, if one, mm -hmm. if one acts out, all of you go. You know, and trust seems to be a big thing here. There were points at which when he, when we finally get to Charlie and Charlie tries to say, you really don't remember. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Warehouse, I actually started tearing up. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is brutal. This is brutal. I, I got a little choked up when she started playing. Yes. Song. Yes. It, it wasn't enough that like, she doesn't remember, he doesn't remember Charlie. Like when she yeah. started playing, it's like, and you start to see like, oh, well, maybe he recognizes it. He's like, he's like, oh, that's a beautiful song, but that's it. That, mm -hmm. that got me. Mm -hmm. That got me hard. But he, he had to. That's his way of protecting everyone. Yeah. By not letting them know. Yeah. And But more to the point, I think even he is, to a certain extent, and I, I'm going to bring this up a little bit more later on, is that even he is kind of like Strand. I think he, he knows right from the outset that he needs to go deep the way he used to. And in some ways, that's... I don't know if that's dangerous or not. I don't know if that's going to work or not. And to a certain extent... I don't know about Strand either. I'm kind of caught in the middle here. And this is the first time that Virginia mentions you already squandered one opportunity as she's looking at Strand just before she leaves. Alicia's like, what's that about? And he goes, ah, I don't know. First lie. Mm-hmm. You know, just making a, making note of that first lie. Daniel's obviously perturbed by, by Coleman. You know, and he's playing it off really, really well. He's like, let me give you something that my wife Griselda used to have. Is the Medal of St. Christopher. Now, what he says what is, and I'm sure you, it looks like you looked it up. I didn't, I know some ancillary things, but she, he says it helps people bear heavy burdens. And what I know about St. Christopher, he's a patron saint of lost children and travelers, right? Okay. Tra travelers. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you got for me? There is a, I mean, there's a story about a child that maybe that's where that got twisted in. But yeah, uh, the St. Christopher is, is the patron saint of travelers. They, he provides protection over long journeys. It also, this, this is actually what I found more interesting, not just the traveling, just the little, little bit that I read about today. It actually started out as um, like seaward travel. He, he 
provided um, protection over traveling over water. And I guess there's a story of he actually, you know, physically would guide people across the river. And there was a story where he carried a child across the river. And with every step, he got heavier and heavier and heavier. Once he got to the other side, the child revealed to him that he was actually Jesus. And you, he carried the weight of the world across this river. What I actually found more interesting, um, that St. Christopher actually protects from more than just traveling. He can protect you from ep epilepsy, mm -hmm. lightning, storms, pestilence, and floods. Oh, oh, yeah, and, and Sharon D adds, yes, athletes, yep. bachelors, trans <laughs> it protects you from bachelors and you know the damn bachelor <laughs> parties. So yes, Christopher hits them with a stick. He goes, "Go away, <laughs> <laughs> go to the nudie bar. Don't leave these people alone." <laughs> Transportation, surfing, yeah. epilepsy, garden gardeners, blazy gardeners, <gasps> and and toothaches, toothaches. Yes, he was a very large, he's a very man. versatile. Yep. <laughs> little patron saint you know floods was in there and we know morgan is staying in a flooded town you know previously flooded town i like the tie-in i like it a lot so then maybe what he says isn't all that bad he says it helps people bear heavy burdens mm -hmm. so but maybe that is the essence of saint christopher i mean he is the patron saint of travels but he was ferrying jesus right and so which who had become a heavy burden over time so <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. It really distilled the feeling. I I kind of thought... But that, that was my tell, by the way. That was yeah. my tell on second watch. I'm like, uh, oh, he's trying to say something. I Yeah, I kind of wanted to read more into it as well. I thought maybe once he gave it to him, something would be on the medallion. Like, you know, maybe well, uh, Daniel carved something on it. But I, I mean, obviously we didn't... I don't think that's the case because they didn't show it to us. Yeah. So. Well, Sharon is saying he's betraying, mm. bearing the burden of guilt, betraying his friends. However, what I want, what I want to note was, I think Daniel was trying to say something with the medallion in in the sense where, if you remember, season one, episode whatever, <laughs> <laughs> where we meet Strand is the same facility where Griselda is, and I think if I'm not 100% certain, I'm probably wrong, but. Uh, I think at one point, uh, Strand and the body of Griselda meet, at least, if I'm not mistaken. And so hmm. he says it used to belong to my wife, Griselda, or I, my wife, Griselda, had something similar yeah. to that. And I thought maybe at some point, you know, this would be like, you know, re you know, I remember, I remember, I know that you mm -hmm. know about Griselda. Mm -hmm. You know, that's could have been. Could have, it could have been. I mean, it might have been just too deep for Strand to understand. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe too deep for us. I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe there was something to that, and Strand just, just didn't cop on. He says he got that one for off a of dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> off of one of the dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought know. there'd be more to that too. Like I, I kept looking for all these. Like I wanted to see these messages that Daniel was sending to them. Like. You know, unbeknownst I'm, to them I'm, or something. Yeah, like I, I'm here. Or, or, it's all over. What, like, or Morgan's catchline. I'm right here. <laughs> you know, I'm right here. Uh, oh, but yeah, coming back no, he's, he's got to do it though, I guess. Yeah. You know, you know, and I, I don't blame him. I, but there is something to both of these people going, you know, digging deep into what they used to be in order to get through the situation because I. I like the, talk about mirror reflections, you know? Yeah. I don't know that we have, had ever seen Daniel and Strand. Like, if you had to say two characters are mirror reflections of each other, would you have said in the past, Daniel and Strand? I wouldn't have. 
No. I see maybe two people who know who they need to be in order to get to a situation, but two people that could not have been more different. So I, I was writing down some of my favorite lines from this episode too, prompted by Sharon D's question on Instagram. She was asking people to submit videos uh, regarding her three questions, right? Yes, there were, she had posed three questions about the episode and then asked people to, um, you know, quickly answer them and then submit the videos. And I think she was going to chop them up and do a little, um, you know, release of those videos. <laughs> but I had two, two favorite lines in this episode. And the first one is when they're in the SWATI and Alicia and Strand are talking about Daniel, you know, do you think he really lost his memory? Da, da, da. And, and Strand says, I've never seen that man flinch before. And I shot him, him in the face. face. <laughs> yeah, I really like that line too. Oh, so it's a it's a mirror shot from S four and Swati. Four fifteen. Well, uh, wasn't that Jim's departure? I want to say Jimbo's. Oh, after the rest after of the market for the hospital. Okay. Hospital. Yeah. See, this is another line I actually like. Virginia's building the future. In there is the key to getting that done. Like, as, yeah. And we know later on. And first of all, playing with the whole idea, key to the future again. This show, God damn it bringing up Georgie, which I'm not even convinced we'll ever see again, by the way. Are you? No. Jane Atkinson sort of thing? We gotta. We gotta. I, do we, though? I don't know. We, we gotta. Why do? You, why would you bring a name like Jane Atkinson on, on to screen and then not utilize her? Because Jane Atkinson. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. It's just this weird play. I mean, first of all, why would you keep bringing these these repeating things up again if we weren't going to see her again, right? But mm -hmm. I don't know. Every time they point that out, I wonder if this is one of her, you know, her planned communities, like these communities she drops in and out of. Westville brought Giancarlo Esposito for one scene in season two. Yeah. And he never showed up again. That sort of thing. Hmm. Who played Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Strand said something that made me question the the, the time frame, which I know I know okay. how much we love time, timelines. He makes a comment, right? He makes a comment. You know, we've been listening to people for long enough. So, do you think we're at the same? Um, well, I guess yeah. I guess all that time had passed because we see Morgan and he's healing everything. So we're at that five to six ish weeks later point. So they've been taking shit for over a month. Yeah. Which is literally pretty normal, right? I mean, like you get a new job, the trial period, it's like about one to three months, right? Usually, yeah, there's usually like 90 day trial period where you can still get fired. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Sharon, says they've been burning poop a month and a half. <laughs> yep, yep. I can see Ugh. it. Yeah, I could too. Morgan is exactly the same figure, outfit, beard, all that stuff that we saw at the end of the episode. You know, Emile's clothes, again, love it. Brought mm -hmm. it back. Nice. Still has it. Looks like he's going to get groomed <laughs> in the next episode, though. Maybe. Or the next yeah. time we see him or something. Um, I don't know if we'll see him getting groomed, but he's definitely got a fresh cut the next time we see him. Yeah. And I like how the anthology episodes do follow these people to a point, you know, where it's not sticking <laughs> solely to... Yeah. It's not sticking solely to the people that are in focus. Like, it'll break away near the end or, like, every now and again to kind of show, okay, no, they're still there. There's still other people in this universe. Mm -hmm. So this is not the point of time yet where he says, you know, we, we need to think of ourselves, etc. You know, but the first thing that, that the Rangers do show is that they, they the show points out and it shows a person who's trying to run away. Maybe because Alicia and Strand are there, they, they feel emboldened. Like, oh, Alicia and Strand are here. We're safe. I'm going to run now. <laughs> and the Ranger from up top shoots them down. So now they know where they are. But I, I bring this up just to say that, like, you know, it's important to know where you are, what the threat is, 
what's going down and how maybe useless it is to try to do something because when Strand brings it up, we're on board with Alicia. We're saying, why, why, why would you risk our friends? Why would you risk us to try to kill all these Rangers to dovetail on my comment? Um, She's, Sharon D says, when, when they said the Rangers here don't take kindly to runners, my heart froze because who was June at, you know, when we meet her initially as Naomi, a runner. Mm-hmm. So less June than Naomi. Let's just say we'll, we'll call her by name because Sharon D's like panicking about June not making it through this season. June without John is either Naomi or Laura. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Probably not, though. Let's let's not go there. This is just for one situation in one camp. The one thing that I want to know is that they don't, you know, Alicia says they don't trust us. And and <laughs> this is when you start to notice number two. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, with good reason. And then Alicia gives him this yeah. side eye. He's like, why? Yeah, I know what you're saying, but you're saying something more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's number two. But I find that interesting because Strand can't help himself. He's this, he, when he's around Alicia, it does seem to be that he tries to be a good person. When he was making that deal with, with Virginia, she was, she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He made that with her on the walkie and then met up with person, gave it to her by hand. But when she, when he's around Alicia, literally standing next to Alicia, like he can't not be good strand. Let's say he's going to call it good strand. I think strand's plan was just as risky as Alicia's. I think either, either plan, whichever one they would have decided to go with, they would have had the same result. Honestly, right, right. I don't think either one was less of a risk. So to say, it, you know, and you can tell that strand is really pissed off at Alicia, you know, by the, how it turns out. Right. And I'm like, dude, your, your plan your really plan wasn't any better. Was pretty bad. <laughs> it was, it was still pretty bad. I like, you know, I think, well, I think the, which kind of just proves um, maybe one thing is that if pushed hard enough, Alicia may not do strands plan, but do a variation of strands plan, which is not good, you know, Mm-mm. because they both find out that if, if they do anything, they're fr- from Dakota, we find out from Dakota, you do this and your friends are at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, but both of them decide to do something that would get their friends at risk, right? But going back to that, like, wouldn't you say though that Strands was a little bit more foolhardy? Because even if Alicia has this weapon, right, what could it even be that's so important? I mean, they already have guns right there, right? You know, what would it have been that would have told made her stand down? I wonder. A rocket launcher? <laughs> Helicopter? No, I don't. I don't know. I'm more with Alicia, though, because Strand is not thinking. He keeps flipping back and forth. He just doesn't sound rational. He keeps opting out. He's He keeps opting for his plan over the group's plan. Okay, so yeah, Sharon is saying, yeah. how can Strand be the leader when he makes such terrible decisions? His plan his plan is one of them. First of all, why appoint the most tr- untrustworthy person in your group to do a fairly important job? Sanjay, I'm talking to you. And why make this long-ass cattle run that makes the walls weak when they could make it short enough to go off the edge of the dock. I mean, okay, that's the bone to pick, obviously. But I think if you're going to give Sanjay one job, it would be that job. You know? Here's your chance Away to be- from everything. Yeah, here's your chance to be brave. So I'm that's not one of the most important jobs. It's it's a job. It's a key job in releasing them. But Sanjay expressed to Strand earlier, I wish I had the guts to do what you did to that ranger, Marcus, right? Which really all he did was talk back to him like strand just stood up for himself yeah and nobody would do that you know and right. see that's the thing this brings us back to our conversation why strand why strand knew that what he was about to do 
What only makes him look good in Alicia's eyes, but he knows that he can get away with it because of the deal he struck with Virginia, in, in a sense. You know what I mean? He has a little wiggle room, and he could probably report to Virginia directly because, you know, he's opting to stay with Alicia. He doesn't have to. He could have asked for more, I'm sure. And maybe mm -hmm. this, is, this is the whole point. Maybe that conversation is the key to why he ends up where he is. Because I, I think Virginia thinks that Strand is really the leader. <laughs> but what it really is, like, it's I think Virginia is completely unaware of the sleeper that is Alicia. Mm -hmm. Because Strand is almost nothing without Alicia. And maybe Strand even knows that, in a sense. You know? There's something about, like, Virginia not knowing what Alicia's capable of. And to send her away is to not only protect her, but is also to gather her up, gather whatever army she has. Because now you know what's happening here. We're going to be sent out to kill somebody that is a threat to Virginia. But I want you to be, maybe find him first. Do you know what I mean? She, she wants Strand to find him first? No, she, he, Strand she, wants Alicia to find him, him or her, or oh, whatever, whoever it is first. Okay. And this way I, I, kinda, can, I can I get her from the, the other side. I kind of got the impression she was building this army to go out and hunt Morgan, right? Like, she's building an army right, but, to go after Morgan. But those guys don't know that. And she, and she said, when the time comes, meaning she's not, she's going to hold her cards to the chest, to the vest. Right. For as long as possible, not telling him who it is. Probably not even up until the time they see Morgan up close and personal. And by then, it may be that, that his men or whatever the army is just going to go after them because they're more afraid of Virginia than they are of Strand. You know what I mean? So they're going to put him in a, in a position where he's not going to have control over them. Mm -hmm. Whatever Virginia wants, whatever Ginny wants, Ginny gets. That is a good question, Sharandy. If it comes down to Morgan or Strand, who would Alicia side with? Oh, my I God. Almost, I, I almost want to say Strand only because, of well, trust? what you just, well, sh Strand needs Alicia. Right. Morgan doesn't need anyone. Sort of, yeah. Mm, sort of. I think what we find well, what we find Morgan, out from seasons four and five is that Morgan actually does need Morgan is extremely codependent, so he does need people, but not like I mean he can fight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know he's he's capable. And there's an illusion of that too in this in this episode. Like he's like saying, "I can't do it without you, Alicia. Whatever I have planned, I can't do it without you." But and he he makes it a point to say, "No, no, not that, <laughs> not you being a killing machine, Alicia. I need you for me." so I don't lose myself. I need to know who this person is so I can do it the right way. He mentions this in the episode. Yeah. And he, Only on the... Yeah. You can see him battle this shit in real time. Like, he, like he's proposing the shitty plan. You know, again, d debating both of these plans being shitty aside. <laughs> right. Right? Which, I mean, yeah. I, I don't wholeheartedly agree with it. I don't think they're just this shitty. I think it's... Like, if you're going to back the right horse, I would back Alicia because it's like, okay, now at least we have a weapon behind us when we do kill all these rangers and not just trying it out to try it out, possibly getting killed in the process, et cetera, et cetera. But that debate aside, um, you can see in real time, he's like, your plan, he's like saying, your plan sucks. Go with my plan. I'm better than you. Mm. And like, he's like giving her the raspberries and he's like, you see what I'm saying? I need you around so I don't do this, what I'm doing right yeah. now. Um, and it's, it's just, I, I like that. There's this, it's cool that there's this struggle. It doesn't ignore, it, it doesn't ignore the seasons past, all of them, you know, and one yeah. could easily accuse the show. And I don't really, you know, without any bearing, like when one has accused the show of saying, oh, we're going to forget about everything these people were at all the facets of them. And here they are, 
And there's a real struggle and there's real acting and there's real direction. There's real confusion and you, you feel it. And he's, he's, I Vic, and credit to Coleman Domingo, like for really, you know, expressing that wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I, I felt it. I felt it. Only on the second watch did I kind of pick up on, on strand, um, wanting to be a good person in Alicia's eyes. You know, when he makes a comment, you know, being able to look, look me in the eye, basically. Yeah. Um, only think, on the second, I think that actually got I, me too, I, by the way, that got me on emotionally. The, yeah. Only on the second watch did, did it kind of click for me. The first time I watched it when he said, um, you know, I didn't do it for you. I did it for me. I literally thought he wanted Alicia to protect him. Like right. he needed her there to physically protect him because he can't fight for himself. Right. That's, and that's what, that's what, why he clarified. Right. You know, he's like, no, 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 no. Wait, he didn't say exactly like, but he kind of pulled it off. Like, no, no, not that, not that. He's like, I can. Because well, she looks at him like, I can do that now, but like, it's not that. I need you to prevent. And she, it's, it, it's like the 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 strand for dummies episode. Like she, he literally says why he, she needs to be around, and he points it out, and he does it. You know, he's like acting in the world as that old strand. He's like, I'm not listening. I want my plan. And this is exactly. And look, it, for people who don't remember. Season three, near the end, the damn episode. Why does all that happen? It happens because Strand is striking a deal, a dangerous, dangerous deal, which he does not include anybody in with the Proctors and the dam and, and trying to trying to secure this thing. And if you remember, Daniel's right there seeing him be, staring behind bars <laughs> and going, oh, you done fucked up, didn't you? Ah, I see. I see. Enjoy mm -hmm. your life. <laughs> <laughs> and then Strand gets out and eventually shoots him in the face at the top of the dam. <laughs> But which is interesting because we are bringing back these themes of like Strand doing this thing for every, you know, interestingly enough, for the benefit of everybody. Yes. And Strand too, but also for the benefit of just the Clarks, let's say, you know, which I find interesting. Like, don't clue it. This is like the Carol thing. This is the, this is exactly the Carol thing. The criticism I have of Carol, right? Not cluing anybody in, doing it to do it, getting it done. Mm -hmm. They'll thank me later, that sort of thing. You know, I love them very much, blah, blah, blah. But then you basically really like you saw the close calls in that episode. You literally almost got everybody killed in the process. Nobody believed you. Like these people are like the real deal. <laughs> so I actually thought it was a pretty good system that they that they rigged up having the the walkers come down the trough and, you know, killing them and shifting them, kill and then shift. And then, I mean, it was, I mean, it was working out for, you know, pretty well for a while then they fell and everything went to shit oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. i thought it was a really really good plan and mm -hmm. and who who was the architect of that oh no it was strand strand yeah. actually thought of the thing yeah and because janice comments on like how do you know about doing all this yeah you pick up a lot of things from la to was it la Mexico to texas Mexico to texas right yeah again acknowledging their past right oh yeah yeah and that's exactly what we're saying sharon D. like he, she says yeah. Um, I felt more like it was because she reminded him of the person he wanted to be in season four and season five. Agreed. 100%. He, he put his hand into the fire to try to, uh, like somebody was on fire and he put them out. And I remember he burnt his hand, this little living reminder. Mm. Um, it was good that they just had them fall off the edge of the dock. I think she meant dock. They could have stabbed them in the head and not had them back up. Mm. Oh, tech. I think I... I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, that, mm, without any protection there though, or when he to like like sort of funnel them. Yeah. I, I think that would be very dangerous. Yeah, it's, it, it is more about trying to funnel them through so they have more control over the flow because you saw what happened when they jumped, when they fell off the dock, they just got right back up. 
you know? And then if you get overwhelmed, they get you on the way down. Remember that little joke that we made about in just the last episode about how, oh, you can sweep the leg, but you know, they'll be in midair and they grab you. <laughs> they yeah. don't care. They don't get phased. <laughs> but right. you can't hurt them. You but, can't. But, yeah. but here's the point. It's Alicia's idea. Strand figures it out to where you get this just right so that we can control the flow. Because look, if you saw the, the if you remember the beginning of the episode, that shit's terrifying. That shit's terrifying. They're sticky mm -hmm. walkers. You can't even let them touch you. They touch, you know, Charlie's hair. Even when it died or whatever, even when it went down, it, its hand was still stuck on Charlie's hair, you know? And it took so, me a minute to figure out what was happening there, too. I'm like, they killed it. Why is it still pulling? Oh, he's stuck. <laughs> and this is how dangerous, this is how dangerous, if you even deign to touch them, you know? Moving mm -hmm. them even to a side. I'm sure, like, there's, like, some issues with moving the bodies. Yes, and this, this is my point. Sharon D. thinks the mistake Virginia is making is letting Strand distance distance himself from Alicia because he can't be the same leader without her. I think Virginia sees Strand as the leader of this group because Strand, by all accounts, or Morgan, let's say, fine, but she sees she sees Strand as the person that would betray the group. She yeah, is, she is he would. she is falling for Strand's. You know, like oh oh, you're the first one to strike a deal with me. Okay, maybe I could work with you. But she's he would, and a part of me is is very worried that that he's at Jenny's camp all alone now. I mean, it would be very strandish to just to literally just fall in line. <laughs> strandish, yeah, that's the that's the well, verb. Saying, made up. <laughs> and you know what? Let's keep going with this because I, I feel like we're getting somewhere with this because there is a part of me that, and again, I'm wrestling with this just as much as the audience. That's has. true. But do you think, do you feel like Janice would have a big emotional impact on Strand? Sharon, he says Janice is still there. Well, J Janice is still at Lawton with Strand. But yeah, Janice, I don't think has the pull. This, again, this is the, this is a mistake that Ginny is making. She thinks that Strand is the wheeler and dealer. But Strand is nothing without Alicia, in a sense. Do you know what I mean? I think he'll fall in line with Ginny without Alicia. This is the struggle that I have as well. I'm not 100% certain, but I do feel the pull of a strand with A, um, unfettered access, mm. B, power. You know, give strand an Abigail champagne, a pair of sunglasses, <laughs> you know, and the finer things. And I wonder if he will stick to his own plan. But the thing that makes me think otherwise, I think there is something about him needing to be a certain way in his gut to be his, the old way to get things done and not making this same mistake as before is, is pretending to think that he could protect everybody that he cares about around him while this is happening. I think he needs them to be away. So there's no blowback. Yeah. But I, I mean, there, there would be, I don't think it would matter where anyone's located. If strand, you know, pushes back too hard. I mean, Jenny has reach everywhere. She, she will have somebody, you know, she'll order somebody to kill Alicia if strand fucks up. Yeah, you know, that's, that's true. Again, Dakota reminds us of that. I don't know. I, again, I don't know how to feel about this. I, okay. For the sake of the show, obviously I don't think strand is gonna, is gonna turn bad. You know what I mean? I, he can't, that would be a, a terrible way. That would be terrible for the show. Right. Oh, he could, just can't. They could but, though. <laughs> I mean, they could, I mean, everyone would hate strand. Like that would absolutely ruin the character. If he just turned coat and went with Jenny. I mean, right. I, I agree with you. I, look, I would hate it. Let's just put it that way. I would hate well, it. But at I the think... same time, you're, pick, you're choosing a character that we've classically known to do things for himself. And so it wouldn't be out of character if he did. And it would be like this fatal, like, this is my fatal flaw. I succumb to it. You know? 
And so sure. I'm not okay with it personally. It's kind of like the whole Maggie going against, you know, Rick, you know, I don't, I'm not okay with it in a way. I respect <laughs> the decision. You know what I mean? Like I can, it makes sense within Canon, like, like, okay, but I can respect it. It's hard because it's hard because like, it makes sense. It could happen because it has happened. <laughs> so I wonder, but the thing that makes me adamant that it won't happen is that he is adamant about resting Ginny from power. He does not want to listen. She doesn't want to take the, the, the stronger feeling that I get from this episode all around is he's saying, we need to make, to call the shots. I liked it when it was just us trying to do good in the world, you know, and I'm determined to get back to that. That's the one feeling I cannot shake and everything else, what he feels he needs to be. He could be wrong later on. He could realize his mistake, maybe too late. Who knows? But that's the one feeling that I can't shake. Sherry, so wouldn't, wouldn't that be the twist, though, if one of the main characters actually turned bad? That would be a good twist. But in Strand's case specifically, I think it would be a bigger twist to see him do something selfless. Oh, so you're saying the opposite would be more of a self. Uh, yeah, I see. Because we would expect him to... to I, I expect him to fall in line with Ginny. So for me, it would be more shocking if for him <laughs> if he did. Yes, yeah. exactly. This is, why, this is why I always come back to him sending Alicia away, far away, so that she can get things done from her end, I think. This is my person. I don't think he's trying to do this all himself, because I think he realizes that he can't. But with our... I think he trusts her. I think he says, you don't need me. <laughs> you can right, no. you can get this from your own end. And if we send each other to different parts of this settlement community, right? Then we're not spread so thin that we can't cover the asses of people nearby. Maybe. Maybe that's his rationale now that he's mm -hmm. with them. Maybe he's also just trying to figure out where everybody is by sending her someplace else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um oh, so I want to address something that Charity said just now because it is <laughs> it has been cropping up. The AMC sent a survey to a bunch of fans who watch the show. I think these are people in the TWD Rewards program. I'm not sure, but I've seen I've seen this form, this survey, you know, sent around to certain people. People posted screenshots and camera shots of the survey. One of the survey questions is, you know, how would you feel if Madison came back? It's like <laughs> one of these check boxes. Like, you know, it's like statements, and whether you agree with them, you click a check box. You know, mm -hmm. like this is a paper survey. Oh, and, geez. and so people are starting to think based on these questions that, you know, Madison may return in this series or Ugh. maybe next year, whatever it's going to be. Feelings aside, now we have to talk about it because um, <laughs> Sharon is saying, I remember a whole lot of talk about Madison coming back as the big bad. So why wouldn't Strand be an option? Strand and Madison together, you know. I think Strand would be a perfect option, which is why it wouldn't shock me at all to see him turn bad. Yeah. In fact, you know, since we're going back to these old feelings, why not make bring out the idea that he could do something like this again? Again, well, you know, but again, we've laid all the cards out on the table. We all feel this way. We all feel conflicted. I would say, I think we can e easily say, however we think of the character, however we think he where he may go, we do see still a conflicted strand, or we are conflicted about how convinced we are that he is bad or good. Let's say in simplest terms. Which is well, fun. <laughs> I think I think Strand is just um, he's you know out for it. see when I say out for himself that that too makes it sound bad. I don't think he's good or bad. I think he's just saving his own ass, and I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm wrestling with it because I feel that. Eugene did the same thing. He just took a different tactic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and at the end of the day, he ended up basically proving it all to Rick. He's like, basically at the end of the show, he says, see, I can be useful. This is like yeah. one of the big criticisms that we brought up on the show is it's like Rick basically wrote him off, said, you are a gamer nerd in his basement. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not fucking with you. You know, you're useless and dead to me. Right. And so when he met out of the savers, it felt like all he was trying to do was be useful to Rick. He's like, see, I can be useful. <laughs> I'm not to be writing off. Mm, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, see, that's the thing. Uh, I, I'm not, see, I won't, I, I almost don't want to, I don't want to predict anything. I'm having fun right here, not knowing. That I'm, I'm being honest. The fact, yeah. the fact that they're doing this to us, I like. <laughs> Because again, it brings back these old traits, habits, and even the in, in mixing them together with what we know about him and Alicia already, like this this friendship that keeps each other on track. It's not of a I protect Strand sort of thing, which we could <laughs> easily say is true. <laughs> However, we've seen Strand killed on this episode. He can take care of himself. Mm -hmm. um, it's have more... we seen yeah. Strand kill anybody before this episode? Yeah, we have finally in in season five. I think we see. Uh, I don't know. About, I think we saw him. Shoot I don't remember somebody. him killing a person. I feel like this is something I mentioned on the show. Finally, in season five, I think we saw him kill a person. I can't remember though. I can't remember. Maybe one of Logan's people. I remember it being more noteworthy. I can't remember though. Okay. Hmm. Well, he I couldn't remember when he when he shot Daniel in the face. He tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, well, you know what? That that right there says enough. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. But also, like the idea of saving a person, we don't see. Remember when we were having trouble with him even killing a walker? This is kind of what I want to get to next. Um, is that you didn't even see him kill walkers up until what season four, maybe? Right? He always had. He was almost. He was kind of like oh, Eugene. He, he always had somebody being able to do the dirty work for him. Mm -hmm. And now he's sticking up. Uh, Althea and John Morgan in the SWAT van is like, okay, oh, there's a new strand. He knows how to use a weapon, whatever. Yeah, and see, Sharon D saying, I love the, the discussion okay. speculation too. Yeah, of course. Okay, see, yeah, well, he killed vultures in S4. <laughs> see, there we go. That's what I was, I was like saying, oh, I'm surprised by this. Anyway, do you trust Dakota? I don't know yet, but I'm, I'm seeing signs that tell me I should. That you could, right? Uh, Sharon D, how do you feel? She says no because Sherry says no because they want us to trust her. I'm sort of in between. Like this is all nice and this is all convenient, but I remember like right out of the gate, uh, Dakota comes out and saves him because I think Dakota knows about the deal that Alicia that Strand made with Virginia already. So she knows where they are. Maybe she's seen the tapes. Whether or not she believes them or not, I don't know. But part of me is also thinking like maybe this is all. Virginia's plan to begin with. Virginia stows away on the on the weapons truck. Maybe she gets them to trust. Maybe she gets them to trust her to to tell them, oh, there's a weapon in the in the warehouse. I heard her talk about it. Yeah, sure. You know, making them more determined to get it to take out Virginia, and then it becomes the thing that, and they get so determined to get this done because I don't think they would have been as determined had she not told them. Do you know what I mean? This could yeah. all be a big long con, which again. Isn't that kind of interesting, given the kind of person that Victor is? Could, could Virginia also be using Dakota unwillingly? Like, maybe Dakota doesn't even realize she's being used. Could be. But I'm wondering if Dakota's playing the long con and, and out-conning Virginia. 
Because here's the outside Virginia. So what's Dakota's ultimate goal? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> I mean, to leave. That means we, she says she wants to leave, and I mean, I gotta, I gotta believe that her sister seems psycho. And right, right, right. But that's what they want you to think. I know I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but that's the thing. My point is, think of the names. Virginia, name of a state, right? How many Virginias are there? Two. Virginia and West Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. What's Dakota? Dakota. Dakota. There's North and South Dakota, right? right? Right. Why? Yeah. Why? Why are there North and South Dakotas? Well, no, no. Forget that. <laughs> but think, think of it. There's two of them, right? Two girls with names that have two states, so they have two personalities. We only know the one version, yeah. right? We, we're expected to say, uh, Charity, why don't you say it for us? Maybe she's sadistic like, like Joffrey, like in Game of Thrones. Yes, this is what oh, I'm trying to say. I don't know who Joffrey is. The thing is, this, this is what I was saying before, the sleight of hand effect. They want you to go down a garden path of what we're supposed to think of them, Virginia, for example, and Dakota. And my feeling is, by the end of it, we're going to find ourselves, unbeknownst to us, maybe finding sympathy for Virginia at some point and being like, oh shit, about Dakota. <laughs> right? It, it's in the back of your head being like, oh, I think I can see that. I don't like it. But now I'm excited to see how they try to get us to feel that way. Yeah. I feel like I ruined something <laughs> by saying this. And I'm almost feeling bad because I don't want you to see it coming. But there's something about the names, the two names, the two states, the two, the duality of these two people, maybe. And I said, I, think, I said yeah. if they introduce a long lost sister named Carolina, we're in trouble. We're in <laughs> big trouble. <laughs> um. Right, Dakota's Ramsey and Virginia's Joffrey. Yeah, but what if Virginia is the sympathetic character, right? In the at the end of the day, what if Virginia becomes a sympathetic? So far, no good. So far, I'm, I don't like. I mean, I don't like how clever she is. She is really, really clever. She knows the people she's dealing with. She knows how to keep them off balance. She well, may, she may even be working with Dakota. By the way, well, you help you help me with that image that I shared today, and I I think that speaks volumes. Okay, so. Just to give context, um, <laughs> which it, it is a very tenuous thread that you're wearing, you're weaving, but um, this is, I'm sorry, but there have been much thinner threads <laughs> throughout this podcast. This is a pretty thick string of yarn. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that much, but yarn can be cut very easily. Anyway. So, so, um, Rachel, you put up a picture of Rick from which season now? It was like seven. That was 701. That right, was 701. 701. And he has this like little smudge of blood on his it's abraham's blood abraham's blood on his right cheek right mm -hmm. and and on the, on with in the this jacket right with the murder jacket yeah yeah <laughs> and and virginia has i think does she have somewhat dakota. the same jacket sorry dakota, dakota has, has the same almost the same jacket right. hers has more fur on it but Le i mean less murdery Less murdery more more teenagey right but with the same <laughs> blood streak on her right Almost the same exact placement. Right, right. And they don't do shit on. They don't do things on accident. And and <laughs> and I love how like even the even the rangers like what the what is this what get get that off your face <laughs> and then she dies a second later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how Jenny says, "Oh, you're never leaving my sight again," and then she immediately kicks her out of the building. Right? Is it, she not out of your sight, idiot? <laughs> well, this way she doesn't burst into laughter. He's like, oh, we sure played them. <laughs> 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 
Dakota's evil. That's, I'm convinced. No, that's a pretty dangerous game to play with your sister, though. I mean, she could have easily died doing that. Exactly. That, that's a very dangerous game to be playing with your little sister. If it wasn't for the fact that we know Virginia knows that these guys are going to protect a value resource on one end or the other. First of all, Virginia's sister, valuable as a hostage, maybe. Mm -hmm. you know, that, that in itself was kind of a good fallback weapon, if you want to call it a weapon. We got, we got your sister. Oh, let our, let our friends go slit her throat, you know, that sort of thing. They won't do it. But I mm -hmm. think this goes to the point that these, she, Virginia knows who she's dealing with. And Sharon, Sharon is even saying, did you notice how Alicia automatically included Dakota in the people they had to protect? Yeah, this is one of Alicia's foibles. Virginia knows Alicia in at least that much, that respect, because of the videos, you know, of Thea's videos. Her little I still think that's a huge, huge risk. I, oh, I sure. But I think Virginia knows the conclusion. She knows she's not sending people that don't know how to take out walkers, for sure. She knows not only to the point where they would not even deign to put her in any sort of danger. Plenty of trailers out there to keep her safe, just in time for the rangers to come out with their big guns. Because the whole point was never to the whole point was to never put these people in danger. Whether or not they survive or not is is who cares? But the rangers were always going to be there to take out these walkers. Because again, this wasn't even about this was about putting people through a gauntlet. They could have come in there and wiped them out with guns. That wasn't the point. They needed an army. They needed people that uh, had the skills to pay the bills to take somebody out. So since since we're at this part, uh -huh. Jana says there are nine rangers yeah, out there. Right, because only the, the two one, of them die. The one from last night dies, and then right. the two others. Right. So where are the other seven? Um, there's probably a couple at the top. Up top. They didn't. They didn't hear any of this going oh, on. Oh, I'm sure they, they did. Didn't, <laughs> they didn't sure care to come check it out. I I think they know. That even if it gets hairy, who cares? Who <laughs> they cares? Just, like whatever. That's my point. That's like no. If they're not, Maybe. if they're not fit enough, yeah. they die. They're supposed to die anyway. Well, that's <laughs> what they know from this station. Something to bring up from last night is that the guy Jeb, who ends up biting it anyway, right. says you guys did things that would normally. And first of all, let's talk about that. You guys did things that normally you would have been put in a grave for, right? Mm -hmm. What are the things? Okay, I, I assaulted a ranger stranded <laughs> Alicia. Really? Assaulted yeah. them with shit and barely you got a little droplet on your on your I was just saying that wasn't even assault. He yeah. just tossed the bucket. But down. I love the language though. <laughs> like Virginia's saying, oh you assaulted a ranger. And it's right. just like, oh this is a police state. I get it now. <laughs> but more to the point, I've been saying this all along. It's an, I say Virgin Negan or Virgin Negan with little squiggly on the end. Mm -hmm. I say that for a reason. Not only does she like, there's a twist though, right? Mm -hmm. Negan saw people as a resource, but did not see them. Even if they felt like they had no value, they're still a resource. They can still be useful in some way, right? Virginia is different. You're either, you're either can be, you're either useful or you're not and you die. But in the same way that she and Negan are alike, is that they know people. They know exactly the kinds of leverage to put, how much pressure to put on someone, what to use to get them to do what you want them to do. I, I'm not, I, to underestimate Virginia, I think is a mistake. Again, you want to call her a dummy, but she's not. She knows what resources to try to get for Morgan, to, to take out Morgan. She doesn't waste time getting her rangers involved to kill Morgan, right? She calls in a bounty hunter. She's like, I'm not taking any chances. This guy is unkillable. Morgan Jones doesn't die. She knows that already. 
Whoa, I just saw a statement from, from Sharendy. Um, I love hate Virginia. That is bold. Interesting. So you like the character, but hate her guts, right? Schrodinger is Morgan Jones' box. <laughs> if I open the box, Morgan will be dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. But if I leave the box closed, Morgan is alive forever. Yeah. Okay, so let's read a couple of the comments. So I don't know that, I don't know, Dakota seems like she didn't really know what to do with the with Walker. She kind of ran at them and ducked under the trailer. No, but she took one out for Charlie. If you remember, mm -hmm. she killed one for Charlie. So she knew exactly, so that's like she knew exactly what to do to get them to trust them. Again, I'm a crazy man. I'm admitting it. Fine. Whatever. I got my theories. <laughs> she did. She did get the, the two Rangers killed though. Yes. I mean, she turned around and ran right back into that flood of, of walkers and then ducked under the, the, but this might, <laughs> but this might go to, this might go to how, how little regard either she and Virginia have towards people in general. Again, if you're not useful, you're chum, you're Walker chum. Right. Mm -hmm. But again, like, how they're not willing to step on bodies to get to their ultimate goal, which is to get an army right now. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm, this is, I'm playing this as devil's advocate. I will admit it. I'm being the contrarian. I have this theory. I want to stick with it. See how far, how like I can take it to its logical conclusion. So far I'm getting blocked. <laughs> I'm looking at the Sharon D's theory. Also, this is, this completely dismantles my theory. If this is true. One of the big things that Sharon D says is that it's quite possible that Dakota was the one that patched Morgan up. I don't know that she, a young girl that, of that age is talented enough or not talented enough to actually sew a bleeding man's wound. Of course, it wasn't done great, but possible. She's the one- And she left the bullet in there. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. How good she <laughs> could she have possibly been? Right. This may go to her lack of talent or whatever. And she may have been the one to write the note saying, you're not done yet. You still have a lot of things to, left to do. So there's some legs to that theory. But we want Madison to come back, right? I'm looking at you, Rachel. <laughs> Only if it's going to be to see how she died. Right. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm the crazy man. And oh my God. Oh my God. Let's take my little theory further, shall we? Um, what if she did do that? What if she's using Morgan to topple Ginny? Do you think Dakota's trying to like take over? Maybe. For, for Ginny? Maybe. How old do you think Dakota is? <laughs> she's very young. Like 13? I think she's just as old as Charlie, if, if that's true. She may be like 14, 15. Oh my God, are you agreeing with I don't me, know how. I don't know how a teenager could think she could run a place like that. Well, see, so you haven't seen Game of Thrones, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's like the Alexander the Great effect. You know, Alexander the Great was always, if I'm remembering the tale right, his whole thing was he had to be better than his father. He was always looking to best his father. Okay. You could see this all like in Smallville too. Like if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of it, Lex is short for Alexander. There was a reason for that because he, he resembled in some facets Alexander the Great. And, you know, in Smallville, he was always trying to be the better, better than Lionel Luther, right? He was trying okay. to always be greater than him because Lionel Luther was the big deal back then. You know, this was before Lex became Lex Luther. So... You know, there's there's something to that like so if the, the system so you're saying a teenager is capable of taking over an empire I, wanting to more not maybe not so much being able to do it but wanting to want how about that I, I believe the want over the being able to see i would i would switch that i, mm. I it, 
if it were thrust on a teenager they and they had to take that responsibility i mean they'd have people there to help them but i don't i don't know what kind of a teenager wants to run all of all of that everybody wants to rule anyway i don't know Pressed into song, um, but yeah, even Sheridan's mentioning. Wasn't there a biblical story with the other son overthrowing the older? Yes, it was called. It was well, they're twin brothers technically, but it was Isaac and Aesop. Oh, I thought you were just talking about Cain and Abel. Oh well, that too. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time itself. Isaac. It's funny how we complimented each other though. It's like, oh well, you know, I think she wants to, but I don't know if she can. He's like, I think she can, but I don't know if she really wants to. <laughs> Teenagers are lazy. <laughs> Right. I don't know. I don't know. Dakota, Dakota's still got a big old question mark over her head for me. I I mean, if I had to make a decision right now, I don't think she's planning anything nefarious against our group. Yeah. And also we get to a certain point where it's like, what's the point in sticking to our guns? Right? Like, we got these inklings. They're back here. I'm not trying to convince anybody. That's the thing. <laughs> if if this was a podcast about trying to convince people, why 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 bother? We're just gonna get be wrong oh. all the time, and then what do we get out of it? Nothing. All we're trying to do is show all the myriad. <laughs> what? Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> like somebody we don't know. Anyway, like uh, so, <laughs> I was right about the helicopter. Anyway, so the whole point. <laughs> The whole point is to try to show all the different sides and say, what do you think? And maybe we can get other perspectives, right? Oh, so Charlie trusts Dakota. She's like, we trust you. And, and yeah, Sharon that's D ironic. And Sharon, Sharon says she burst out laughing, which let's talk about that for a minute, because you guys are both very, and the internet at large is really, really wanting Charlie to die. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm looking for anybody that doesn't. And there's a few. But I'm like, you want a girl, little girl to die. And I'm just not, so, I'm not down with it. When, when Charlie fell down in all that pile of Did walkers, I had, I had, no, I had sort of a father Gabriel moment. Like I was like, I oh, don't really? like this character, but wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I want to parallel that with Sanjay a little bit in, in a sense, because one person does something as a kid that's very wrong, you know, murder essentially mm -hmm. and has a hard time living with it whatever sanjay is Does just <laughs> trying to avoid pain right physical pain yeah physical pain terror whatever he's terrified okay okay yeah there's this weird compliment to these two characters where one is not really scared to die and the other is terrified one does something terrible a terrible mistake the other is a f just wishes he could do the right thing in a way everybody i saw people applauding when victor stabbed sanjay in the femoral artery just wow. spray just spraying blood everywhere <laughs> wow what did you feel because there is i i will admit there is a part of me that was kind of not happy about that but also a part of me is like okay let's take it to brass tacks this guy won't even save the team do, doing the most menial job mm -hmm. you know so there's a part of sa a little satisfaction to to seeing this guy this completely I, and how does somebody like and you have to wonder how does somebody like that survive this long? Yeah, right. Like, he must have come from a campus colony, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like what? You know how? It's like it, it, this is a line that comes up in Utopia. What did you do to earn your place today? You know, this, this is like he like what did you? How did you get this far and not contribute? You know, how did you get this far without learning basic survival or like? 
learning to be out in the world or knowing that you have to every once in a while do something. And I'm struggling well, because there's a part, I, there's still the, the, the default of me being like, every life is precious. Every life means something, right? Like Michonne says, like every moment that you draw a breath is a moment that you can be useful or you can be more. And so, but the other part of me is, um, is like trying to, the actual the devil, a, devil's advocate part of me is going, <laughs> but you know, he should have died. He doesn't deserve to live. I'm like, no, no devil's advocate. No, <laughs> I won't listen to you. Well, we don't, we don't know a lot about Sanjay. We right. don't know anything about him really. I mean, he could have been very useful where he was and just made a mistake that ended him up there. Let's say he was a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, well, that's another factor, right? Like, what you know, is the thing that he did that and made him, yeah. so that would have been cool. A cool factoid that may have swung the door open in, in either which way. Right. Like I, now I don't, I still don't have enough to go on, you know? Right. There could be a very, very valid reason that Sanjay cannot physically kill these things. I mean, maybe he hasn't had to yet. Maybe he was with a group of people who did it. Maybe he had other uses, you know? Right. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think Sanjay deserved to die because he was terrified. Honestly, I think Strand could have handled that a, a few different ways. But the fan response was like, good. I, I'm glad That's, Sanjay yeah. died. Like, a, it was a lot of people. It was a lot of people. Well, everyone who said that they were glad would probably be Sanjay in the apocalypse. And this is exactly what I want to talk about. See, see, I'm glad. See, I, I got you to where you would say it. <laughs> and I love that because then what, what I can say is, let's go back to the beginning of the episode. One of the major things, and also this happens again, like in the when the Rangers fight it. Also, you see them get taken down. You see, you see stringy bits getting pulled from their necks. But that's the thing. Like, from the beginning of the episode, this horror element teaches you, hey, hello, hi, don't get complacent. Walkers are deadly. Mm -hmm. Right? Everyone, mm -hmm. every now and again, the show has to remind you, these things are fucking terrifying. Okay? And you are Sanjay. Sanjay is you. Mm -hmm. If you... <laughs> and exactly. so I, that's what I want people to kind of walk away with when they see Sanjay. No, 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 no. You have no right to be angry or angry mm -hmm. satisfied. Yes! Yes, Sanjay! Yes! <laughs> no, you are Sanjay. This would be you. You'd be pissing and shitting your that's pants. Right. Talk about feces. That's why. There's an right. illusion of feces because Sanjay is constantly shit-soiled. This is what I'm saying to that's, you. Oh. Yeah. So I think that's important. <laughs> that's right, Shandy. Walkers don't care if you're cocky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they don't care. Like, you know, Felix said, it, Felix said it best. It's not about standing your ground. Right. You know, it's about getting the hell away from them. Right. <laughs> it's, about, it's about survival. I mean, honestly. Yep. Right? And survival takes on many forms. Live you know? to fight another day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he hid in a brewery like Jimbo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like that, Shandy. Damn it. I should have I brought it up when we were talking about Dakota and the, the Rick and Dakota picture. Okay, go for it. Because she's also, cause she's also sitting in a trailer, which is where he's at in episode 701. That does bring a little bit more of a strand oh, to your yeah. little did I yarn. Did I tie it a little tighter for you? Yeah, another strand <laughs> in your yarn, though. Yeah, right? yeah, that's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. I like that illusion, yeah. But I want to talk about uh, Sharon's comments about Charlie. I don't hate Charlie. I, I have never, period. I totally understand why she did what she did. Okay. Charlie was a badass because even while she was being dragged down by their hair into a pile of walkers, she didn't scream and didn't freak out. 
She did freak out a little bit. I think it's like one of that those that freeze fright panics, you know, things that you get. Yeah. But But props for not screaming. That would have made it worse. But I also kind of enjoy the irony of it too, because I mean God, you have to remember how many times she tried to death by walker herself in that one episode. Like in close your eyes. I think it was all no no no. It was the episode just before Close Your Eyes. She went down to the riverbank, saw a walker washing up, tried to give herself to that walker, and then in Close Your Eyes, Close Your Eyes, she tries to give herself to that walker twice, and then hopes Alicia shoots her <laughs> by the end of it. But this that's is a- when Charlie should have died. A- at this point, it's like you yeah, can't. It's <sighs> even even Rachel can't wish for her death. You can't you can't punish her after it's been this long. Right. Like she should have died in that episode, but she didn't. So now we're stuck with her. Doesn't mean I have to like her. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. That's what I was saying. But I don't want her to die either. Yeah. <sighs> but here's the thing. Like, I want to note the irony in that for a person who really, really wanted to die, she really, really wanted to live in that moment. <laughs> so, like, she, you know, it's good to see her fight to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and be mm-hmm. a part of some unknown or who knows yet resistance of some kind, because she is the reason why she ends up being there is because she tries to run away like she did even from the caravan in season five. <laughs> why didn't they just load everybody in the RV and drive away? Because they would murder their friends. <laughs> <laughs> she would kill Daniel first. Yeah. Yeah. I put his head on oh, a pike somewhere. God. And exactly. That's exactly the point. That's like why they showed them Daniel. It's like, I don't care. Yep. That, I don't care. That he doesn't remember. You know, they remember. So if I kill him, it's still going to affect them. And he'll mm-hmm. be screaming. Why? Why? I don't even know them because they know you slit the throat. I absolutely love the line that Strand delivers after everything's all done and over with. Right. When, when he, he has the key on his little pocket square. <laughs> oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. Like right oh, after, after, like right mess. after they've mowed them all down. Yep. Yeah. And he says, Alicia thinks he's talking about Sanjay. Personally, I think he's talking about himself. Uh, saying that Sanjay gave himself up? Well, Strand says, I tried to stop him. This is what he wanted. He did it for us. Right. Alicia thinks he's talking about Sanjay. And and Strand wants Alicia to think that. But honestly, as he's delivering that line, I think Strand is talking about like an inner him. Giving like it this up. Dark, like this dark version of himself. He wanted this. He did this for us. <laughs> yeah, or maybe maybe even like the opposite of like dark, meaning remember what Sanjay said about I wish okay, good I had- people don't stab innocent people. No, no, so no. This is- <laughs> but this is like the psychology of strength. Let, let me explain myself. Remember what Sanjay said, I wish I had the guts that you had to stand up yeah. to that ranger, right? Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, I think Strand in that moment is trying to say, like you said, in a different way. This is how I want to go out, but I don't have the guts to go out like that. Like, I want to be the person who dies in a blaze of glory for you. Oh, okay. I wanted this for you. (laughs) He did this for us. He's saying, I want to do this for you. Maybe that's a little bit of weird foreshadowing, maybe, right? So not in a dark way. I I don't regard that as a dark way, although it's a little sad. It's kind of dark. But maybe that's his way of saying to Alicia, I wish I could do this for you. Like Sanjay saying, I wish I could be have the guts. Maybe Victor's saying, I don't have the guts to do this for you. So I made mm-hmm. Sanjay do it for us. You know, so I, I use his guts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's something yeah. interesting about that. And there's something about even him looking on as Sanjay was being teared, torn apart. That was psychotic. I'm sorry, but that was like... But satisfaction? Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I saw like a dark 
side of Strand when he was saying that line. I, I still think he was talking about like a like a dark version of himself and him standing there just watching Sanjay getting torn apart. Well, do you remember what and he like, says though to Sanjay? He's saying if, if it if it wasn't for you, we would have. It, he was still committed to his own plan, even though he agreed to Alicia's plan. He's saying we could have murdered those. Oh yeah, those those rangers and be be on our way by now if it wasn't for you. But that wasn't the plan necessarily. He forgot about the weapon. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe he was saying Alicia's plan, maybe not. But the fact that he's like, if it wasn't for you, you know, blah blah blah. I, did I write? They chose. They well, chose I Strand is explaining to yeah, he's a reflection of Victor Sanjay, Sanjay that he he that he had a different plan I could have I could have taken out the Rangers and we'd have been miles away and Sanjay says well why didn't why didn't we right and he says that's a good question right right and this is it, it wouldn't have worked it still wouldn't have worked right even Sanjay's questioning him <laughs> like, why why didn't you though like why didn't you yeah and maybe it's Sanjay saying that saying like you know what you're right I, mean, I was right all along Alicia's wrong that's what I got out of it. I feel like also like this mm. thing about using Sanjay's bait also is like the thing I hate. Sanjay is a little like Victor in a ways. This is why I like bringing it back to these two because look, Sanjay, Victor was terrified. He needed everybody to do everything for him. This is why I mentioned the fact that it wasn't until season whatever until we see Victor even kill a, a walker. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? The thing that he hates in Sanjay, he hates in Sanjay. Is the thing he either used to or still does hate in himself, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's why he looks at him with such disgust by the end of it. He's like, you couldn't even do this right, Victor. You couldn't even do that right. But Victor just does for himself, classically did for himself. Mm -hmm. And like anytime they involved him in a plan, he would always kind of fuck it up a little bit, you know, until like <laughs> season four or five, whatever, you know? And so there's something mm -hmm. about these two characters, like Victor hates the thing in himself. And then when Sanjay says, why didn't we? He's like, you're right. I'm going to trust my gut and go further than I've ever gone before. I'm going to fucking- My gut's telling me to sacrifice you right now. I'm going to kill <laughs> that part of me. That's what he's doing. I'm going to kill that part of me that is afraid, that is doing for himself and not for others. So there's, there's a little of these two things going on. The old strand that does for himself and nobody else, and then also doesn't help his friends. And doesn't make friends because he doesn't do shit for them, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and that's, I just like the imagery of that. Like just Except murdering. that it, what he's doing is exactly for his friends. He is doing that for yes, his friends. If he was just out there for him, he'd have been, go he'd have been long gone. Right. So that's why, <laughs> that's why he's murdering it. He's murdering right. that part of him that would even deign to be afraid and to be looking just for himself. <laughs> and I fucking yes. love the imagery of that. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So you do agree with me. He's he's talking about another version of himself. Maybe uh, maybe that's like what I'm the, saying. Like the, the the third form of Strand, like <laughs> the like taking this. Taking he's gone that. like he's gone like Super, Super Saiyan. Saiyan. <laughs> he's not Strand anymore. <laughs> Super Strand three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it. I love how I love how you did that first, and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. The yellow hair, yeah. <laughs> Super Strand God. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Victor Strand is dead. You're dealing with somebody else now. Yeah, Sharon D. Colin, that's pr beautiful. Beautiful. So, yeah, maybe you could see this as like a sort of evolution. Like each character is getting a, a third form. <laughs> third form. Where, yeah. they, where they even may even don't even resemble themselves anymore. 
Maybe. I, and I, I wonder if they'll continue with this pattern. Whoever we see in that, in that, on that title card next episode, will we see them go through this transformation? And so far, I mean, it seems like a dark transformation, right? Like I need to, I need to detach my human self in order to do the things that I have to do to survive. Hopefully, uh, we see maybe a transformation the other way. Well, right, like, an, like the upswing, like where this <laughs> yes. has, a, has a, like an even, maybe like the videos, maybe this transformation has an, a deeper impact than they even anticipate. Yeah. But that's what I hope. But you know, there's a cost. There is a cost to going down and an individual cost going down this path that's going to have, that is going to rear its ugly head. That's what makes me sad is that <laughs> I know it's coming. You all should know it's coming. You're loving it in the moment, but it's like the, let's not to go back to it, but it's like the Carol thing. It, when we saw those chickens finally come home to roost for Carol, it made her want to kill herself. And mm -hmm. if, if you hadn't seen it, I'll try to include the link. Yeah. You, remember to write it down on notes. <laughs> The link to the in the, the Walking Dead season ten in production table reading sort of table virtual table reading where where um, Carol is telling Maggie about the destruct destruction of Hilltop that Negan wrought and that it was her fault but it got the job done. It's a cool quick table read. I haven't watched the whole thing, but when they showed the commercial on AMC when Fear the Walking Dead is this for seventeen? Oh yeah, what? I guess it would be for either seventeen or season eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is part of that. Yeah. And so I'm it, like, I don't remember this, but you're talking about something yeah, we have for the future, yeah. the future <laughs> table, right? <laughs> so they, they, yeah, they showed uh, like a snippet of that as a commercial through this, uh, in this episode. And I was like, that commercial though, TWD is in production. Yeah. So, but like going back to the point, yes, there, there's going to be a cost and there's going to be consequences just to cap everything off. Like there is something to giving like Virginia knowing Victor so well that to give him a leadership role to give him a key to become a ranger there's something about her knowing that when you give somebody like victor something of like like not limitless power but like unfettered power treating him like the goose that laid the golden egg you know and like you know victor that if you can't beat him you are going to join him you may cause a little trouble along the way but nothing that we can't handle because i know that you love your creature comforts victor it's like she knows like the Abigail and all that shit. Yeah. You know, like it's that's like somehow what I'm worried about. So it, it, it's what we know. And that's, what's more troubling. Okay. Going back to Charlie and Daniel, we, f we forgot to mention the one thing that, that started making me sob. It's like, are you a friend of Ophelia? Oh, oh my God. Right. In, <sighs> Eric, Eric even pointed out how long it takes him to get that out. What? Like that, the line, that line, like, Charlie's trying to get Daniel to remember and you see him like choking up and like holding back. And then he finally says, were you a friend of Ophelia's? Like it takes him so long to get that out. Did he say, are you, or were you? Cause I think he said, are you, that's what made me, like, are you, that, that's what made me fucked up. Like, Oh, do you not know that your daughter's dead? Well, he does, but is he pretending not to? Right, 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 right. But we didn't know at the time. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what word. I, now I don't know what word he used. Yeah. Are you? She said, she said are, you? Saying, are okay. you? Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, so it kind of tells us where, like where he's pretending to be at mentally too. Right. Like he still thinks Ophelia's alive. Yeah. He's, he's giving, he's giving the people he knows a timeline of where he is always oh, somewhere be at, definitely after Griselda died. <laughs> But definitely before right. Ophelia died. Right. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, and then Strand's last line. Uh, I'll give you the highlights. I knew that I knew what I knew what needed to be done because I couldn't. It's like I told you, you make me remember who I am, and I have to forget that person. And again, I think this is to enact the plan, but I think he needs to be Super Saiyan Strand. <laughs> so, three. <laughs> Super Saiyan Strand. <laughs> and talk about like the first first impact of that power is that Marcus treats him like an equal. Could you remember the beginning beginning of the episode? Marcus says, "You think you're better than me," and then eventually, yeah. he ends up being one of the get one of the Rangers. And it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's just a weird thing for Marcus, I'm sure. But he ends <laughs> up treating him like an equal, and that's already like the first thing is like, "Yeah, I'm one of you now." Who who was it that said to Strand, "Welcome to the club"? Oh, that was Hill, the other Ranger. That no, was Hill was dead. No, no, no. He that was the, that guy was radioing Hill at the time. Hill, hey, oh. I've got Dakota. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was saying who he, I thought he was identifying himself. Oh, no, no. He was saying Hill. I got, I got them. No, no. Okay. Hill is they a, all look exactly the same. That's another thing I wanted to bring up because like Jeb and Marcus <laughs> look exactly the same. Hill and, um, exactly. Hill and there's another guy, uh, <laughs> up top. I forget his fucking name. I just wrote a wreck in a rank. Anyway, whatever. You get the <laughs> idea. Like they all, it's this weird thing where they do kind of look alike and they all, they do. They're all yes. dressed the same. They all have the same kind of goat. If they don't have the goat tea, <laughs> facial hair they they all kind of look like hill like kind of skinny and they all kind of look like highwaymen what yeah well <laughs> yeah i wish that was the case though too right um, although i'm glad it's not because highwaymen were good yeah and these guys are bad. yeah I, this is me like wishful thinking that oh you know at the yeah. end of the day once virginia's defeated they form the highwaymen and go out east oh maybe right? i mean this is we are still x amount of years before Walking Dead, right? We're not caught up with them. Exactly. Are we? We're not 100% caught yeah. up with them. So, you know? It could be. Could be. Hi. Hi. What if we see our friends again? Yeah. What if we see Angus Samson <laughs> again? <laughs> the most useless of highwaymen, right? Like, they would be them, right? Grant <laughs> ends up giving the St. Christopher medallion to Char the oh, not Charlie, to Alicia. Alicia. Which, again, like, it's your. I, this is why I think he, the main reason why he wants her to go far <laughs> away is to get it from the other end, you know, to pick up the, pick up the burden, you know, I know what I need to do. You now it's on you to figure out what you, what you can do from your end. This is mm -hmm. why I'm not convinced that he's not off the reservation as it were, you know? Oh, well, I just, I get worried uh, the longer he's there and, and the more things Ginny lets him do and gives him, he's, he's going to start liking the life. Right. And she knows him. She knows exactly mm -hmm. what bu buttons need to be pushed. She's going to use Dakota against him. <laughs> Just give him a good she, bottle of wine and he's hooked. Whether she knows it or not. But again, we have to also remember yeah. that, you know, Strand burned down the Abigail at the end of the day. Probably because it was soiled. <laughs> but at the same time. Sharon says they might give him his own personal wine cellar. Yeah. Creature <laughs> comforts. And yeah. I mean, this goes yep. to like Ginny knowing who she's dealing with, too. A man who of finer well, things. We'll see if she knows who she's dealing with, too. Exactly. I mean, how she treats Strand is going to let us know kind of what she's up to. Right. <laughs> and, and I also feel like in some weird way, and again, I still 100% think we are going to see the other side of Virginia, but I feel like there's a, a Martha quality to her. And why do I say that? The Martha quality is obviously the one thing, the one obvious thing is um, if you're useless, you know, you're not strong, you know, <laughs> so I cut you, right? But there's <laughs> the other side of that, which is one of the biggest takeaways that I finally took away with from the last episode was Martha could never look past the surface. 
you know, Virginia, I think with Strand may fall to this trap also. I will not be able to see the value you have mm. beyond the surface. I mean, she looks at people as utility, as a utility. And if the utility is broken, it is put to rest. They don't even use the shit. They burn it. <laughs> right? We had so much trouble thinking, you know, why don't they use it for something? All shit can be used for fuel. This I know. I know this for a fact. Shit can, okay. shit can be used for fuel. And, but why don't they? Well, they don't think that way. Yeah. yeah. They don't look past the surface. It's shit. Don't burn the shit next <laughs> to the cantina. It's shit. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yes. Like, yeah. So, and this is kind of emblematic of like who we're dealing with or the kind of community that we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who don't look past the surface to see that people have utility, whether you know it or not. Okay. So we leave off. Hill says to Strand, welcome. Welcome to the club as he passes him by. Dan, he says to Daniel, I envy, I envy you for forgetting, you know, mm -hmm. in, in not in as much words. And Daniel's off whistling, whistling end of the line as, as he I liked, leaves. I liked that little scene between Daniel and, and um, Strand. And it, I know Daniel's, you know, pretending like he doesn't uh, remember Strand and anything, but he's acting like he's not even standing there. Like he's totally ignoring him, just keeps packing everything up. Like doesn't even acknowledge that he's standing there. doesn't say anything like it's like he doesn't even see him right right <laughs> that makes that definitely does make it easier. oh sharon do you missed it she wants to know what daniel heard to make him stop well she missed it as it were daniel <laughs> is daniel is whistling and the line while mm -hmm. him and hill are are speeding away on the donkey <laughs> no they're not speeding away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You> idiot <laughs> um no so he's whistling that out, and then he hears in the and and Daniel hears in the distance the completion of that refrain. And then quick, very quickly, because he realizes, oh, this is this is probably somebody I know. Well, oh, I forgot my scissors. He says it like loudly so that like the guy doesn't think about what he just heard off in the distance. And Hill says, are you serious? He's like, yeah, it's going to take me <laughs> twice as long with these. And then he goes, God, can you remember to stay put? And then he goes, goes off and gets the scissors. Daniel brings out, Daniel takes out like, and it was like this, it looks like a letter opener, right? It did. It was so small, yeah. And then the funniest thing, he he whistles out. <laughs> and then the other thing goes, the other person goes, for off the distance. <laughs> it's And you know it's Morgan. So it's like, I didn't know Morgan know how to whistle. Anyway, so. Right. But then he goes to the donkey. He goes, did you hear that? <laughs> I, just, I burst out laughing. Like, he's talking to the donkey. <laughs> We find out that it's Morgan in the end. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, we're like, I thought it was you she was looking for. <laughs> like, <laughs> you need a haircut. <laughs> I like, I like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, just Morgan. like, just like, he, just like he did in the, in the, in Jimmy's office. Even though he didn't yeah. give himself away, he still kind of looked around and going, <laughs> I don't know who you would think I am, but it seems to be weighing down on you. Anyway, so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, so Robbie, so Sharon D saying that Robbie, uh, TW Dead Daily on all the socials, yeah, he brought up the point that did they plan this out beforehand? And I was thinking that they had a lot of time before Virginia arrived to plan a signal like this. Oh, maybe it could be, but it also could be the very tune that they heard last in the chapel that made him think, oh, is this one of my people? It doesn't have to be that far ahead, you know? Do you know what I mean? Oh, oh, I see what. Okay, all right, yeah, good point, good point. But Robbie's thinking hmm. that they plan this ahead of time. Like, oh, I might come see you, Daniel, like, when I know where you are. He doesn't know where they are. I don't think he does. 
I thought it was pretty ballsy of Morgan to show up that close to one of Jenny's camps. I mean, he's, you know, number one. She, he's number one on her list right, right now. Enemy so. number one. Well, I mean, also. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> Public enemy number one. Yeah, if you see Morgan Jones. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then here he is, like right at the front door. <laughs> Which makes me also Come kind on, of Morgan. wonder, right? Like, it's maybe there is, we're missing a journey, too. Like, they'll show, like, a missing piece of that journey, too, Lawton, and how he got here, too. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Just like mm-hmm. just like we may see Emil again at a sequence or something. I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. And who knows how long Morgan had been waiting out there, too. Mm, yeah. More to the point, right? The cool little moment. Morgan almost did his Morgan laugh when he, when Daniel said, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> like, but he went like. <laughs> <laughs> like that he did with Alicia, like back in the first episode of yes. uh, season five. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget. Always remember. Huh. Um, but yeah, he did. He did kind of like a because <laughs> you never see that man laugh. <laughs> this is his thing. And when he does, and that he got that. It's hilarious. The other one, that other boy, so like couldn't help himself, and he just held it, tried to hold back, but it went. It went out in spite of him. <laughs> I don't know, Alicia. <laughs> it makes me laugh just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> But he almost I'm did just that. trying not to snort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Sharon is funny Sharon is trying to do it too. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, Lenny James. I know it was your, it was a your birthday last week, and now it's B you're directing this week. By the way, uh, yeah. He did he direct? Uh, is he directing episode three? No, he directed. I thought episode he directed two. this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Oh, and Coleman's, oh. Coleman's directing episode in the third episode. Yep. Yep. I yep. did not know that. I just wanted to bring up the one thing. I mean, I mentioned that Hill and Daniel were on their way to Paradise Ridge. I think this is probably where Daniel was originally from anyway, or where they kept him. I also think that like in this, in the midst of Morgan talking to Daniel, he, Morgan's going to have to GTFO right after their conversation so that him and Daniel and Hill can actually continue on to Paradise Ridge. But until then, they're going to get some secret plans going, hopefully. Yeah. Sharon D wants to know, why would Strand keep Janice on laundry duty so he can sacrifice her later? I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. No, no, I'm, was, only ha- I'm only half kidding. I wasn't thinking that. I was just like, oh, gut, that gut like reaction to that. It's like, oh, yeah, cannon fodder, right? <laughs> this is what makes Strand dang- Strand dangerous, though. Just like Carol. It's what makes Carol dangerous, too. Like, okay, do the means justify the ends. I don't know that Carol's that bad. I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Like, would she... Carol's amazing. Would she... No, but would she cannon fodder somebody to get to her goal? I mean, not intentionally, right? I think it depends on who. But But yes, I think she would. Yeah, it does depend on who. But I I don't think intention... See, I'm even giving her credit. Not intentionally, I don't think. This new Carol. Old Carol, fuck that shit. (laughs) I think if it came down... I mean, it depends on... It depends on the reason she's doing it, right? I mean... If she's got to save her people, I think she'd take out whoever she needed to, who was within arm's length. Hold up. Let's let's think of... Sharon, said something that really triggered my brain. Why would Strand keep Janice on laundry duty? Any ideas about that? Like, does he mean dirty laundry? Haha. <laughs> I definitely think she would... And that brings up a really good point, because Janice was sneaky. And I think being on laundry duty does maybe give her the opportunity to go through clothing. It gives her the opportunity to maybe get to hear in the ducts or whatever she could be doing the exact thing she he would want her to do for him we also don't know what it was that she did 
right to get in trouble remember she says what what did i do or what did i get caught doing right and i, so wrote, there's two, I wrote this in my notes too like okay i did yeah because so she did something that i mean or many something and of the things right. that she did only she was only caught once this did one she thing. get caught yeah and, what again, makes you think it's multiple things well she said the things i did or the things i got caught for like so i'm assuming there's way more things <laughs> oh i didn't hear i didn't hear a plural on there i guess yeah, so. she said she said she something said, what, did, what did they what did i did i do or what did they catch me doing right i so i assumed there was more than <laughs> see this is what makes me think that she's she's got ideas you know she's got plans i mean you have, mm-hmm. to, you have to remember the way the reason why we found her in season five the way she was because first of all tom i don't know if tom was about to get on the chopping block janice escapes uh you know the Tom I'm talking about. Tom from season five. Mm-hmm. We meet up with him. Finds out he's trying to look for his sister. His sister jumps ship. Didn't even know her name because she didn't want Virginia to find her. And, you know, because she escaped Paradise Ridge. Again, this is the same place that Daniel's going to right now. Mm-hmm. And and so she does not... She's not down with the with the system, you know? She's not <laughs> down with Virginia. So mm-hmm. I, I think she's in just as much fervency to try to take down Ginny. And I think Victor knows that. He could see this as an asset. It's like, you know, no, no, no. Don't leave just yet. Why don't we work together <laughs> to leave together in a way that will cripple Ginny? Maybe she lets Strand in on the things that she's been doing. Right. And then they can work together to do Strandish, mm-hmm. Strandish things. <laughs> Strandish things. I like to make up words. Good bone to pick. Sharon says, the question is, if Ginny is in charge of sending people to the warehouse, or, you know, the tumbleweed sugar processing plant, why did she send all mm-hmm. four of them after separating? Well, you know why. Because she... she this, got in trouble. This is a place where people go that still have use because they don't want to put them directly into a grave. Again, this is punishment, you know? They try to kill these walkers and the, whatever's inside, and maybe they can be her army. She can maybe, like, you know, send them to the army mm-hmm. and become soldiers for her. That's why she does it. That's the reason why they wouldn't keep her separated. Because if, if they are together and they can do this thing, well, then they can be used against Morgan eventually. Something that we didn't actually say out loud, but later on down the road. So thank you for joining us. And if you like what you heard, rate this podcast at ratethispodcast.com slash dead. Five stars and an eggplant tell you everything. Tell us everything we need to know of how much you love us. But if you'd like to tell us more, that'd be great. If you want to support the show, yeah, we take some money. Take some of your money. <laughs> no, but if just you, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. In fact, less than a cup of coffee, you can get 30 days of access to our unedited episodes. You can be a part of the chat, just like Sherry was today. She says thank you, by the way. See, thank you. Thank and, you. And anything behind the scenes that happens in the meantime. We're, we're recording two episodes a week, so you, which, and again, if you want them ahead of time, you definitely want to take advantage of this because we're putting up the unedited episodes like literally right after we're done recording so you get them right away you don't have to wait until they're edited down so what are you waiting for and if you subscribe to a coffee a month at least you could give us more though (laughs) um the party keeps on rolling you don't lose access and you know either way you're still following us using ko-fi.com squawking dead um set up an account there follow follow us and you'll at least know what's going on. You'll see a little title, even though you don't might have access to it. If you want to actually get, get access to it, just buy us a cup of coffee. Simple as that. You know, get your input. Have you been liking it? Send us your feedback. Uh, and, and, you know, subscribe, like, share this video or this podcast with your friends. 
you know, share them with the cool little kids, you know, share them with your friends. <laughs> How do, hey, Daddy-O and the soda fountain and door, da do do Anyway, whatever. Enable notifications everywhere because you want to know. In this world of social media, you kind of want to know what's going on with us. You know, we don't post that much. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Have a good night. Take care, everybody. <laughs>